Welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Healing for Healers. Um, Regina and I were just laughing because we were saying we're in sync. Every time we start to record, we we do a one, two, three. And I was feeling very strongly that Healing for Healers as a podcast needs to be in sync with you, the, the, the listener, and to be more in tune with what the energies are, what's coming up now. I mean, there's plenty of news shows, plenty of economic you know discussions and politics so not so much for the healer as to what's going on in the now and how can we navigate it so we thought we'd hop on quickly and talk about the current energies and I'm going to hand over to Regina who's going to tell us all about what's going on <laughs> now oh thanks a million yeah lovely <laughs> well I'm, I'm going to be honest with you I was thinking about this now this morning uh, and last night now sound to me means it's very very personal so it's it may not be in line with what other people think believe so I'm going to come at it from a very personal perspective which is my perspective so and it's also filtered through my experience and Samhain for me before I even woke up to what my abilities were Samhain was a time of year that I had this massive push behind me and the build-up to sound, I had to get things done. I actually started DIY, uh, decorating. It was always September, October for me. It was always the time of year where there was a push to get things finished. And I never understood why. I genuinely didn't until I found out about Samhain being the Celtic end of year. And a couple of things started to make sense. So that was where I woke up, uh, along with other things, as to the energies of the time of year and how they can actually affect us. So when I started looking back through my own patterns through my life, I realized that that actually was a pattern for me, that I was unconscious, while, uh, that I was not aware of. Whilst for other people, different times of the year, you know, they're hell-bent and doing spring cleaning, blah, 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 blah. Mine is, uh, mine is sort of in a slightly different sink. 
And that's okay. You know, it's interesting. It's it's like, do you live your life according to the calendar? Do you eat your meals according to the time of day? Or do you move with your intuition and follow your senses and do what moves you? I mean, it is about moving. It's interesting you say that because it's Jewish New Year around now. And we always yeah. celebrate the new year in the middle of September, coming towards the end. But I never was feeling it as a newness as much as I did coming into October. And what's always interesting for me is that I never feel that January, February is a new year time. I never feel <laughs> it's a time to begin anything new. So whether you practice any kind of spiritual holidays, religious holidays or festivals, this isn't about that. This is about going in within the heart and going, well, what, what's moving me? What, what, what am I feeling? So brilliantly sad, Regina. Oh, well, thank you. Because you see, what I want to bring it back to is in Ireland, Halloween, which some people know, know it as, uh, but our ancestors knew it as Samhain. And they celebrated Samhain. Are you ready for this? 5,000 years ago. <laughs> okay. Now. Was that before the internet? <laughs> before the written word. Before, uh, before so much has happened. You see, this is where I want to bring it back to. Is This is the time of year where I tend to retreat in. And the reason being is... That's part of what the ancestors did. The, the harvest was gathered. And at Samhain, there was a celebration where they started to look at uh, gathering around the fire. The work was done. So it was a time of relaxing, gathering around the fire, putting the feet up and resting for the next season. Now, our ancestors, now when I say our ancestors, I'm talking about my own ancestors and um, uh, the Irish ancestors. Their calendar came from the stars. And this is where archaeoastronomy comes in, right? Oh, I love the, that word. <laughs> they didn't look at... That's my uh, next password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've just told everybody. <laughs> Well, archaeoastronomy is not looking at the calendars, looking at the stars and the planets. And that was a skill set that was highly prized. Okay, so think about current. We're in, uh, we're in October 2020, right? Builders have difficulty plastering a wall straight, okay, in a building. <laughs> okay, but 5,000 years ago, you had a skill set where they built a cairn, a monument, that I'm going to talk about the Mound of Hostages on the Hill of Tara that's aligned with the, with the sunrise at Samhain. Okay. I know. It's fascinating. So there are monuments throughout Ireland, and that's what I wanted to say was who have alignments with Samhain. Now, Samhain is not the Halloween that you think of, right? Samhain is actually a one of the main festivals in the Celtic calendar because they knew uh, that the earth, you know, and the sun, everything moved. So they had the year divided into eighths. So there was four main festivals and then there was the cross-quarter days. So the energies are quite different. So the year was divided based on planetary movements. Mm -hmm. 
And the skill set around watching those and aligning those, think about it, you know, to gather that type of information 5,000 years ago, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> write it in a journal. There's no notebooks. No. So everything had to be done by observation, looking at the shadows, uh, because this was really important around planting of crops. So these markers were really, really important in the Celtic uh, calendar. So the Celtic calendar came from the stars, came from the skies. And these monuments were aligned with that. So you have the Mound of Hostages on the Hill of Tara that's aligned with, funny enough, two festivals. It's aligned with Samhain. Now, people think Samhain is, oh, that's Halloween, but it isn't, right? It is, it is not the 31st of October. It changes each year. It, this year, I think it's the 7th of November, and there's an exact time, 2356. That's a bit late. It's usually earlier than that. No, it, it is between the 5th and the 8th of November, Interesting. right? Interesting, yeah. And that's where these alignments are sort of over a week. So you see bits of the alignments, but it peaks at the, you know, at the uh, exact date based on, on, the, um, on the stars. So because of that, you, we are looking at uh, the 7th, I think it's the 7th of November this year as well. So the next festival after that will be solstice. So think about it. Samhain is we're, we're going into the darkest part of the year. And then you have the solstice, which is uh, December. And then you have different places aligned with that. The most famous being Newgrange for the sunrise. But you also yeah. have others aligned with the sunset on the same um, in the same site. And then the next festival you have is Imbolc which is around, again, 1st, 2nd of February. Which That's the one I've got to hold my breath until we get to that part. Yes. <laughs> but you see, that's it between Samhain and the solstice. We're getting darker, darker, darker. So we're going into ourselves. Okay. And this is where so many people fight against the energies. And they're trying to push it. and The lights are on and they're trying to go at the same speed they're going at during the summer. Uh -uh. For it's me, interesting, isn't it, that we're, we're going into a lockdown here in Ireland now, another six weeks, as we're going into the darker and darker nights. I'm actually looking forward to it. Is that a bad thing to say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you see, that's where, you know, you have the extrovert and the introvert. So guess which one you are? <laughs> changed I changed very much I'm, I'm, I'm craw crawling into a silent place with darker days but we access the light within us during this time and we yeah. can, I think we can see it better in the dark we can see our own light better in the dark yes and you see the, it, this is the time for reflection and that's what our ancestors did they sat around the fire they told stories and they processed the year that they've had um so that's what sound sort of means to me. Now, there's so much else historically around these sites, you know, some of these ancient sites around Ireland. And some of the fun facts, well, I call them fun facts, but 
<laughs> Your definition of fun and mine aren't always in the light. True, true. <laughs> okay, right. Well, there's a, there's a place in Mead, which is called the Hill of Ward. And that uh, you have you have different sites claiming, oh, I'm the home of Halloween. But both of them are really, really, really strongly linked to Hall- uh, to Samhain, which is um, Clockta, the Hill of Ward, which gets its name from uh, a female goddess, uh, Clockta, who died in childbirth, giving birth to triplets. So there's all these mythologies and stories. But Clockta is the home of the ceremonial fire for mm. Samhain, right? And but like Ishnuk is the home of the Baltana fire. So yes, the Hill of Ward is the home of the Samhain fire. Yes. So uh-huh. this is, now, see, you'd be surprised what you know. I am. I do pay attention sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening what, to me for long, for long enough. For many years, for many years. And the connection to the dead makes me think of the Mexican holiday, the Dias de Muerte, which is around the same time as well. And didn't didn't the, the, the church bring in a saint's day around now to try and build its church on top of the Celtic, you know, practices? Yeah. To, to kind the, of... that, sort of, that was sort of where I was coming to because... Again, this is where at this time of year, the veils, the veils are very thin. The veils have been very thin for a good while, but wow, are they very thin around now. And coming up to Samhain itself, the veil is at its thinnest, right? So this is where some of the traditions evolved from. So when we talk about the veil, we're talking about those who passed over, crossed over, but we're also talking about the fae. And um, my definition of the Fae is not the Disney Tinkerbell version. No, not at all. Right? These are fairies who can mess with you, fuck with you, create absolute havoc if they so choose to. Right? So people didn't want to bring that upon themselves. So on a lot of occasions, they uh, dressed up as something different so that they would fool the fae, the fairies that could cross over that night so that they uh-huh. wouldn't take them to the other world. So that's where the costumes came from. So people would dress up in all sorts of weird and wonderful costumes so that they would trick the fae. And the what's called the jack-o'-lantern if you think back, Ireland didn't have pumpkins. I was just thinking, did they carve it out of a potato or something? A turnip. It's actually a turnip. And that's where the tradition went to the American in the 19th century, because the Irish who emigrated took their traditions with them. So you think yeah, maybe they, they took the traditions with them, but maybe then they couldn't attach it to the land of America. And so the traditions kind of took a spin of their own and became something, you know, different. Exactly. And you see, this is where this is where I'm also going to bring in the uh, Catholicism, because these holidays were so ingrained into the Irish people that they couldn't get rid of them. They had to try and incorporate them. So they tried to incorporate them into 
holy souls. So you have, and I could be wrong in this because I'm not great on dates. The I think the first of November is sort of like All Saints Day, and the second of November is the Feast of Holy Souls. So you know they're trying to highlight all their saints as against our god, gods and goddesses. I mean, I'll just be very bold here and say, and that's why they go and build a church on Tara and have yeah. the, the statue of St. Patrick next to the shield in a gig, which we always think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you see, take that to I wonder the what they get up to when there's nobody there. There's a shield in a gig and Patrick, St. Patrick gets down off of his plinth and they go off dancing together in the landscape. That would be nice. <laughs> and then some, oh, quick, someone's coming, quick, quick. Go back, go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that could bring us to a whole other conversation around where the Sheila was meant to be Patrick's wife, and the uh, that's oh yes, let's do that. Let's do that. that not yeah, now, not now. <laughs> and then, but I want to bring in uh, Rathcrohan. Okay, Rathcrohan is another site, and this is uh, uh, a site which would be the royal site for Connacht in the west of Ireland, and. That is also connected with Samhain. So they call themselves the home of Halloween as well, because uh, the Morrigan, which is the goddess of war and battle, there was an ancient battle fought, uh, the Battle of Montura fought um, there on, uh, on Samhain. And the home of uh, the Morrigan, where she uses the portal of a, cat, of a cave called Onagat, you remember that place? Oh, um, you never got me in there. Not, not, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going there. It's too scary. No. <laughs> well, that's okay. It's actually where the Morrigan uses as her portal to the other world, and this place, the Catholic Church named it the Hellmouth of Ireland. Okay, Isn't that fascinating. Yes. So this is a very powerful female goddess and it's named the Hellmouth of Ireland. So it, well, the, yeah, they'd be more terrified of a very powerful female goddess than they would be of anything else in existence. Exactly. Now, this the Morrigan is um, a goddess that shapeshifts and shapeshifts into a crow. And she is a really, really powerful goddess. And it is a place that. I'm saddened that I can't visit because we're in lockdown. Mm. Because, uh, myself and um, a few friends would have always, always, well, when I say always, over the past few years, travelled there and visited the cave at astro at the sound of archaeoastronomy, like sound. Do you know? I'd like to just say though that there are many people listening to this who cannot also visit these places. Mm -hmm. And I know the land knows that we want to be there. There's a pulling on both sides, in your heart and the land's heart. So, I mean, what would be a really great thing that somebody who can't get out of the land, whether you're in Ireland or in America or wherever you are, could do to honor Samhain like 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 a ritual or, a, or something to bring it more into their heart bring the awareness more make it real make it practical make it something you can feel do well it would be would have been one of the fire festivals so fire 
I'm not, I'm not talking about building a bonfire. Set your house on fire. (laughs) Regina told me to. (laughs) (laughs) I was celebrating, I swear. (laughs) No. No. I think it would be a lovely time to just light a fire, right? Take some quiet time. Now, when I say light a fire, it can be light a candle. If you have a fire, light the fire in the fireplace. If, you know, turn off all the other lights. Don't have any battery lights or any, you know, uh, power lights. Just have the light of the fire and sit there, have a cup if you need it. And, you know, a nip of whatever takes your fancy and maybe toast the ancestors or just a sense of singing a song or something or saying a prayer maybe or doing a gratitude practice whatever that looks like for you or just yeah point in time where the days are getting shorter now I know if you're from Australia and you're listening you're going into springtime and it's but we're in Ireland and we're doing what we do here and there are other you know so bear with us Mm. where where I'm uh, where I'm coming from is it's a time to also remember those who have passed through the year, right? Yeah, yes. So that's why I'm talking about having the focus of the fire so that you're looking into the fire, be it the fire of a candle, the flame of a candle or a fire that you can, you just take time, just a little bit of time. Can be 15 minutes, can be 20 minutes, can be an hour. But just take that time out of your day and do it in the darkness and have your fire there and just have the light of the fire. And remember those who have passed. And also gratitude for what has happened through the year. Because I know a lot of people, oh, 2020. Yeah, you know, we've all had a lot of Yeah, we're going to have 2020 vision when we look back on this year. Isn't that cool? Well, we'll, like, we'll have a lot to remember. Well, we have a lot. But but when you were sitting there at the fire in gratitude to, to just to recall what you said earlier, Regina, about the veils being thinner, that if you're missing someone deeply who has died, yeah, to connect into a sacred kind of part of yourself where you can have a conversation with them and maybe even sense them around you. And maybe with the the language of the heart, hear the love that they have for you, and you know, and 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 allow it because they're here always, and it's us that shut them out. Uh, you know, it's, it's like reminds me of my client who who really missed her granny so much. Her granny had died, and you know, she says she goes to the church and she sits down on the pew, and then she can hear her granny and talk to her granny. And I said, that's wonderful. I said, but the reason why you can hear and talk to your granny in the church is because you open to her in the church and you can open to her under a tree. You can open to her by the fire in your house. Exactly. And that's where it brings it into, you know, as I say, a tipple, a tipple being, you know, whatever the loved one's favorite drink was, maybe raise a glass to them in honor, a toast. Do you know what I mean? Like my own mother passed this year. I'll be raising a cup of tea to her. (laughs) <laughs> because that was her tipple that was her drink I know her drink was a cup of tea I know and people might not have known that that's what you've been going through I know in several episodes you say you're dealing with stuff outside of here and that's a lot of stuff to deal with so yeah 
you know, and it is, it is the circle of life. And that's where, you know, it, that's where sound for me is to take that time out to remember those loved ones who have passed because, you know, it is nice to celebrate their lives. Same as it's wonderful to celebrate, you know, the new life that comes into our lives and the new, you, you, you know, all the new births and the... You know that word you said, what was that? A- astro-astrology. Was that the word? Archeo, no, astro-archeology. Archeo-astronomy. One of my favorite words from college You'll find this really interesting because I did a biology science degree. I'm a scientist. (laughs) And my favorite word is vernalization. Have you heard of that one? No, because I'm thinking of the vernal equinox. Yeah. Okay. So vernalization is a process with plants where they go inside themselves to hibernate over winter and they need it. They need a certain time to pass. They can sense the amount of daylight hours and they need that to be fewer and fewer so that whatever gestational process is happening under the ground that's vernalization is being under the ground with the frost and the hardness of the land on top of you and the darkness the lack of light because only then can they hatch out when that passes with the richness of the nutrients that they've stored up over winter. And for me, I always wondered, why do I like this word so much? And why do I hate winter? <laughs> you know, and I, said, I had to, have to go deeper into the, into the process of vernalization. You know, we're talking about the cocoon and the transformation. That's a once in a lifetime or maybe twice in a lifetime thing. But vernalization happens every year, every year without fail. And the leaves are falling off the trees. I love how the Americans call this time of year fall. We're celebrating the dead. Things in our lives are dying. Ways of living are dying. More so for more people now with this pandemic than ever before. I've been feeling grief and not knowing who died for me. I've just been grieving something that I can't even name. So to sit with that and to know that we're going underground for the winter you know, and that the solstice for me is a celebration that the days begin to get brighter again. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a birthing tunnel. We're going yeah. down the birthing tunnel and yeah. then we come out the other end of it with the nutrients that we've stored up from our vernalization, as well, hopefully, <laughs> to blossom again in the springtime as something beautiful. So... Yeah, beautifully put. But that's it. That's uh, that's the whole point about retreating. You have to retreat to um, to basically reboot. So look at the time around Sal and Halloween for rebooting yourself to take some time out for yourself. Because in Ireland, we're going into restrictive movements, lockdown uh for the next six weeks so that's why i think it's really interesting to have it around this time of year so we're actually being forced into our shadow we're being forced (laughs) i think it's actually wonderful because this time going into a pandemic lockdown we're not as terrified of this virus as we were we know the shape of it a little bit better now and so it's not as fear-based and we can use it as an opportunity so as i said Mm. earlier I never felt January, February as a new year. I always felt that there was some reason why New Year's resolutions don't work. No, they They don't. They just don't. 
But now is a good time, not necessarily to start something new, but to go into, well, what would I like to grow anew? What parts of me would I like, you know, to let die? What ideas in particular, what ideas should I let go of and allow to die right now so that I can embrace hopefulness? You know, the idea that the world's going to end and everything is a disaster, that's an idea I would love to die away from me because what I'm seeing is the stripping away of the untruths and the lies that have been masquerading as our lives and a, a renewal so that hopeful fresh new bud that comes through the soil in the springtime is filled with hope so that's that's my wish anyway and uh, so bringing it back to Samhain just as we close because this is a, a short episode I'd just like to add in Regina you might not know this right this is episode eight of our podcast and 98% of all podcasts that are created never make it past episode seven. So we oh can celebrate. So we can celebrate this episode as part of the celebration of life and and, and joy. That we we have a lot more to talk about, don't we? We're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be back with episode nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> There'll be many, many, many episodes. Many episodes, especially if we can hook in like this really quickly. And, and, and you know, what's the weather forecast, the energy forecast? And, and, and so, so how would you like to wrap this one up? I would actually just like to say that go easy on yourselves, folks. You know, don't be pushing yourself at this time because the effort is greater. Okay, that to factor in some time out for yourself and just to remember that your body knows this. Your body is automatically trying to slow you down anyway. You might have noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in bed. Don't get up. You're working from home. Take the computer under the laptop. <laughs> you can do it under the duvet. You don't even have to get dressed. <laughs> well, uh, it depends on if you're on video, you do. Um, but yeah, wearing my pajama bottoms and my best blouse. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a lithium would be grand. <laughs> uh, well, it is in fairness about taking time out for yourself and also to remember those who have passed and to um, to remember them with fondness. And as I say, raise a glass to them or raise a cup to them. Um, because it's about thanking them for being in your life. And to remember those who have passed with love, because everybody comes in and out of your life, you know, for a reason. Mm -hmm. So that's the thought I want to leave people with. And I'd just like you to know that we're all holding you in a space of love. As you know, this is the first hour now without your mother. I know this is emotional for you. So we don't need a, a, an inrush of people to say they're so sorry for your loss because that can be overwhelming. So we can just tap into that feeling of being held and the amount of love that's here for you and uh, her love for you as well. Thank so. you. So we'll leave it at that. And just to say, I have been feeling every two weeks is not often enough, but I don't want Regina or myself to be feeling under pressure to produce an episode every week. So we have actually got a special for you we've done a three part I think it's three parts on empaths in the world <laughs> and 
there's a part one, part two, and a part three. And so we've agreed that we're going to release them once a week for the next three weeks. So for the next four weeks, while you're in your vernalization, you can be guaranteed, hold me to it, that you'll get an episode of Healing for Healers every week. And um, then we'll decide at, at some point how we're going to proceed from there. But we would love your feedback. So do send us an email and we'll talk to you again next time. Yeah, and let us and let us know if you want any more information. You know, or if there's anywhere in particular or anything, you know, you have questions on. We'd be delighted to try and answer. Okay. Until next time. So, so bye. If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you, or stimulated you to want to know more. If you've got questions or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time.